Ladies and gentlemen, the show you're about to hear has been going on for a while now. It's evolved and grown in the process, which leaves those of you listening to these earlier episodes unaware of some of the resources I now make available to those hungry for accurate insights about borderline personality disorder and emotional unhealth in general. So, let me inform you that there's a website now full of free resources over at thelastsymptom.com. Please go make use of it. While you're there, if you'd like to schedule time to have a conversation with me, you can do so right from the website. Also, donations support a lot of this work. And if, while you're there, you're so inclined to leave a donation, it would be very much appreciated, but by no means required. And now, on with the show. Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental health nor emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he has gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as they individually and personally choose while accepting full responsibility for their own individual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares. And by listening to this program, you are acknowledging that you and only you are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back to the program. This is Brian Barnett. Today we've got a guest on our program. Her name is Fabiane, and we'll be talking to her today in Brazil. So, without much ado, why don't we hop right on into the interview and uh, find out what some of her thoughts are and her experiences with borderline personality disorder. And I hope you enjoy. Okay, so we're talking here to Fabiane. Looks like Fabian in English, but it's not Fabian. It's Fabi- Fabiane. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Today is a fine day. Good. Tell us I'm where you're at. Well. Whereabouts in the world you are? Where Where do you live? I live in a city. It's a capital city. Fortaleza, the name. It means fortress in English. And it's in Brazil, northeast. Okay, so we're talking to you in Brazil today. And uh, just tell us, Fabiane, what is your motivation for participating on this program? For what, what is your motivation for wanting to talk about your personal experience with borderline personality disorder? Uh, firstly, I I got to know you before, so I trust you. That's why I'm doing this with you. And my motivation, as I told you before, I don't know if it will be really helpful because I'm not healed from anything. I passed through a lot of... I'm always struggling, after all. But I think that maybe a lot of people are struggling as I am. And I would like to give my perspective. You know, a lot of times, the not the fact that you've done anything amazing to recover, just, the, just sharing your experience can be helpful. It, it can be encouraging to know that people are not freakish exceptions to the rule. You know what I mean? I do, because we tend to isolate ourselves and think we are the only ones suffering. Right, right. Well, I'm very happy to have you here. 
and I know that a lot of people are going to be glad to hear you on this program. Are you nervous? Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. Okay, so I want everybody to hear that. She's very shy, and she's doing this anyway. Yes. For the sake of greater good. <laughs> well, I'm curious about when you first realized that you had borderline personality disorder. Um, I think I told you before that I'm not even sure that's what I have. I have a um, diagnosis of bipolar. Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed the first time when I was 13 years old, so 30 years ago, and I have been struggling since then. I took, I went to many psychiatrists and tried many therapies, countless, and took a lot of medicine, always in and out, and but from, I think, a little more than one year, I started reading a lot about borderline, and I related to the symptoms. I think it's much, it's, it's easier that I have borderline than bipolar, or maybe I have both. Well, I'm glad that you recognize that the possibility exists, that perhaps you have both. Who knows? I, I don't know. It's uh, possible, actually. But, um, you know, when a person identifies with the certain symptoms of, say, borderline personality disorder, they don't have to meet every single symptom because not everybody has every single symptom. But uh, it could be helpful anyway understanding the causes behind those symptoms. I would like to tell you something uh, that happened with me. Uh, I went to, I had a, a therapist that I trusted very much. And around, when I started realizing that maybe I was borderline or had borderline instead of bipolar, I talked to him. But he said that I don't, I don't show the symptoms. It's not very clear because usually I'm very calm, I'm sweet, and I'm a mother. And he said that maybe being a mother and having achieved some maturity over time made me deal better with some symptoms that I have. But I don't know because he's not, when you have borderline and you were calm and talking about it, nobody would think you have borderline. Exactly, exactly. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you figured that out on your own. The disorder itself is not loud. It's not generally loud. I mean, some people do have loud symptoms that uh, are very obvious to outsiders. But for the most part, people live with it in silence. It's because it shows very much when we, we are stressed about something. And our reactions are, are not uh, agreeing with the situation. So when I lose my control, when I feel stressed, when I'm about to lose something in my mind or in reality, I totally lose it. No, it, I panic and lose it. Right, and when you're sitting across from a therapist in a calm atmosphere, that's not when those symptoms are going to show. No, talk about them, but but they're not going to see them. They're not going to see it with their own eyes. No, it's very hard for a, a psychiatrist to deal with this uh, diagnosis of borderline because it's much harder than bipolar. Yeah, well. Well, the person suffering from borderline personality disorder, unaware, or that is, they don't know they have it, is not aware of what to 
explain to the therapist. And of course, this is the problem I have with a lot of the studies that are done on borderline personality disorder. Just one more thing. Uh, this psychiatrist that I told you about, he said that it was strange that I could have borderline because I seem very self-aware. So they think if you have borderline, but you are self-aware, this shows that you don't have it. So. <laughs> I, I think there's a real tendency among the profession in the professional community when they think of borderline personality disorder, they think of only the the most extreme cases. I personally do not feel that that makes up even a fraction of the true number of people who are suffering with borderline personality disorder. I suffered, I personally suffered in in silence, and for 35 years, and nobody had even the sl slightest inkling that anything was wrong with me. Tell us a little bit about your home life. Tell, tell us about your parents, if you don't mind. What what was your home life like growing up? Actually, I have great parents, like really loving. I had a disease. I started when I was 28 days of age. I was a baby. And mm. it went on till I was seven years old and had the surgery. I was born with three kidneys and one was very sick. And it was a kind of cancer type. I don't know how to explain it for you in English. But the thing is, I was so well treated. You know, my father was very loving, my mother too. Although she's very, I think she is the one that maybe caused some problem because she's very demanding and she's very firm and stern. And I was always very sensitive. But in total, uh, they were very loving. I remember, I remember something that it's uh, when I was five years old, I knew my mother was going to pick me up at school. But I remember feeling panic if she was late at three minutes, three minutes late, I would panic. I would, I was going, I, I felt abandoned and left. So I always had this thing for for this panic of being left behind. Well, you know that that doesn't come from nowhere. That had to. That has to originate from something. In other words, a person just doesn't fear being abandoned by their parents for no reason. I mean, every child has a certain amount of that fear, but to that degree, to that degree, that's got to come from something from your path, from your even. It has to come from even earlier experiences you had in childhood that led you to believe that being abandoned was a real possibility. Yes. So, for anybody listening, all of this is tied into the distorted core beliefs we always talk about. The two primary distorted core beliefs are my feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful, and that leads to the formation of a second distorted core belief that if my feelings are are inherently irrelevant and shameful, then I also must be that. And that comes from just subtle ways that our parents uh, invalidate our feelings when we're children. And this fear of abandonment is, a is also uh, an extension of that subconscious core belief. And maybe we'll talk about that in depth sometime uh, later, but I don't want to run out of time with you, uh, Fabiane. So uh, what, what, what I'd like to know now is if, if you have experienced any great uh, breakthrough with your recovery efforts, any 
really brilliant aha moment that uh, has affected your attitude and your approach to recovery? I don't remember having an epiphany, you know, something huge. But mm -hmm. after starting to read, and after reading Neil Cora, that's how I started to really, I think you, you do a great job. Because many things you said, you said in a way that I could relate and I could understand. You rationalize it. I don't know if I can say that, but you put, I could see in a very rational way things that I felt, things that I had this intuition about, and you gave me so many wonderful hints, you know, and now I'm in a therapy and redealing with that. I change a psychiatrist and I, I still read your articles and, you know, I participate on the Facebook group that you created. And though I don't remember this great epiphany, it's like little things, step by step, you know? As the time passes, I see that I deal better. I don't know if I can tell about the experience I just had that I don't know if please, you have Yeah, please time. do. Uh, it's about this. I was in a relationship for one year mm -hmm. and it failed again. And what I always feel when this happens, that I fail. I'm completely flawed, I can do anything right, but when I start to think, and, and I feel this panic, this paralyzation, but this time, when I started to think that, there was a voice inside me, no, it wasn't just you, you're not guilty for many things you do, so you try your best with the tools you have now. I didn't feel the panic, and I remember something that you always say, that other people, they are like weather. So <laughs> we cannot control. This, this is very, it's something brilliant for me, very simple and brilliant at the same time. So this time, I felt sad, I felt down, but I didn't fall. You know, it, didn't, it doesn't appear that my future is over, that I will never find someone again. I'm extremely hopeful, so it's very different. I used to die every time something, a relationship was over, I would just die. I, re I remember those, I remember having those feelings myself, that every time that a relationship ended, that uh, it's always going to be like this, it's going to be like a cycle, I'm going to get into relationships, and the relationship is just bound to fail every time, but... Uh, to me, it sounds like for you that that one thing was pretty powerful, that uh, the, the liberty that one feels once they realize that there's only one thing you have to focus on and worry about, and that's yourself. And because everybody else is going to do whatever they're going to do, and you really have no control over them. So there's no reason to, to spend or waste your energies and your worries about that. Letting go of this control. Because we, we we feel we always have to control, so things are in a way that we can deal with them. Right. But letting go of this control, you know, this surrender, that's the spiritual term. Surrender, right. you just surrender to life, to God, to uh, higher power, to life itself. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, and you know, the thing is, is that the control that, you know, anybody who's listening to this who's still stuck in that, trying to control the universe state, uh, you know, sooner or later they're going to have to realize that it's all an illusion anyway. You don't have control. <laughs> 
So you never had you never had control. Never. So the the freedom is recognizing that and then just letting go, like you said. All right. Uh, I hate to speed us along here, but the program that I use only allows me like eh, 19 minutes or so to do a show. So I don't want to lose any. I don't want you to get cut off in the middle of something important. If the professional community is listening, you know, all the people who make a living out there trying to help people like you and I, what would you like to say to them about what you personally would like to see them do better in their efforts to help people who are struggling with this disorder? I think about two main things. They must, must work on their empathy, must do that, and they must research. Because some of them, I mean, really, you know, research. Because some of them, they just have this, those symptoms, and then they uh, label, label you, like you're bipolar or you're borderline, according to that. But it's not. You have to have empathy, compassion, to know the other to help the other open himself or herself and research. Like this person may have uh, symptoms that I don't even know about. What's that? Or she does, he or she doesn't have to have all the symptoms, as you said. So research, deep, profound, constant research and empathy. Thank you so much for expressing that. You know, in my personal experience, I've, I often say that they wasted two years of my, the uh, first two years of my recovery. And the reason for that was the first person I saw gave me a diagnosis within the first 40 minutes of knowing me. And she gave me that diagnosis based on the most, uh, well, it required no thought and it required no digging at all. And so every person I saw after that just took that diagnosis and stayed with it instead of digging and exploring what really might be happening below the surface. And so I, I could not agree with you more. I'm glad that you expressed that. And I think that you expressed that very, uh, in a very articulate way. The English I have. <laughs> Your English is fantastic. Let me tell you, it is really fantastic. And you've got this, this accent that is just, just, just right. <laughs> Thank you. Very kind. A lot of people are going to be listening to this program and say, I want to know her. I want to get, get to know her. So anyway, I, I thank you so much for being on the program. That I wish that we had more time, but we're about to run out of recording space here. So um, maybe we can have you back in the future, you know, and find out what other great uh, progress you've yeah, made. Yeah, sure. I'll be here. I'm always here. I follow you, as you know. And I'm very, very grateful for your invitation. <laughs> it was great. Well, I'm very, very grateful for your participation, despite your shyness. And I, I think a lot of people, I honestly think a lot of people are going to really find this uh, beneficial. So hopefully I'm going to edit this, get this up on the podcast later today. And we'll, we'll both be able to hear ourselves talking to each other. <laughs> that makes me really nervous. <laughs> Well, that's it for the interview. That's it for the program. As always, I want to thank you for listening. This is Brian Barnett signing off. Have a great week, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. <laughs>